And, um, of course, this is Jesus uh, talking here. And um, uh, he says, and, of course, uh, we had read this verse. He had mentioned the same exact verse or the same statement in the seven churches that we had been studying on Sunday mornings uh, where he said, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, it's kind of an obvious statement. If you've got ears to hear, then you ought to be able to hear, right? Uh, and he says, uh, but then he goes on to say uh, in the very next verse, he says, take heed what you hear. Uh, so, you know, as a Christian, it's important what you listen to, right, what you hear. And I'm not just talking about, you know, things like, you know, terrible music and, you know, a uh, bunch of cussing and things like that. But it's also other things. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, they called themselves a minister and they said, uh, you know, they go out preaching every now and then. And and that's fine. You know, and I got nothing, no problem with that. He said, he said, well, you know, he said, we're, we're not promised tomorrow. And he goes on, talks about, you know, how he's going to keep doing things. And, you know, and, and of course, you know, I raised my hand. He didn't see me raise my hand. But I raised my hand. It's like, you got any book, chapter and verse that says we're not promised tomorrow. I know the Bible says that, that our life is like a vapor, but. Uh, it's here today and gone tomorrow. But all that means is in the length of eternity, uh, you know, the average lifespan is 70 years, but we're promised as much as 120 years. So even if you lived 120 years, how long is 120 years compared to eternity? It's just a vapor, right? It's just, poof, just here and gone, right? So it's not long, not long at all. Uh, and so, uh, but in fact, what does Psalm 91 say? What's the very last verse of Psalm 91 say? Uh, it says that uh, with long life, you know, I'll satisfy him. Well, isn't that a promise? Well, he said that we're not promised tomorrow, but the Bible literally says, you know, have you lived a long life yet? If the answer is no, then you're promised tomorrow, aren't you? So, I mean, it literally contradicts what he just said, right? But how many times have you heard, well, you know, we're not promised tomorrow, you know? Doesn't that sound spiritual? It sounds kind of spiritual, doesn't it? Sounds, you know, oh, that sounds, oh, you must be a deep person of God, you know? Listen to you, oh, we're not promised tomorrow, you know? And people probably preach that, you know, you know, you're promised tomorrow. You better get to work today. Well, but you are promised tomorrow. So so maybe you need to do some training today and then get to work tomorrow, you know. Uh, and so uh, take heed what you hear, because, see, anytime something like that is said immediately, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like, you know, the, the word of God becomes a shield in my heart. Immediately arises up the word that's 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 so against the word that was spoken. That's not so. Right. Because he says, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. And immediately I thought about Psalm 91, 16, you know, well, I think my Bible says I am promised tomorrow. And so I'm not going to hear that. I'm not going to I'm not going to listen to those words, because if you just listen to those words and start meditating, oh, you know, you know, we're, we're not promised tomorrow, you know. But he said, we're promised tomorrow. We're promised a long life and not just a long life, but what kind of a life? A satisfying life or long life. I'll satisfy you. Right. Uh, and show you my salvation. So. So Jesus said, make sure that you hear, but also make sure that you're careful about what you hear, because especially in the in the church realm and the church world, in the religious circles, so many things are said that are not even biblical. Uh, you know what mama said, you know, so they quote some pseudo sounding verse, you know, that's not even so. Right. Uh, and so it's uh, it is it is amazing how many things that are said. That are not uh, that are not even biblical, not even scriptural. They have no foundation for it in the Bible at all. Uh, but they'll say it like it's so. Amen. And if you're not careful, uh, you'll you'll get that and you'll hold on to that and you'll think the same thing that uh, um, uh, you know that uh, that they just think, right? Uh, and I don't know if they really think that way or you know if they're just trying to be religious or you know. Uh, 
maybe they're trying to, to stir people up, to exhort people to do something because, you know, you're not promised tomorrow, so you better get to work today. Um, no, I've got plans, you know, for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. I'm going to keep planning as if I'm promised all the way up to 120, and then we'll, we'll talk about it, right? At that point in time, we'll, t we'll start talking about it. And so, uh, you know, and, uh, and I don't know any other way to live other than that, Amen. Because otherwise, you're just rolling the dice, right? Uh, and, um, you know, how much, uh, um, I mean, the world, that's, the world's philosophy is you're not promised tomorrow, right? So why do we bring the world's philosophy into the church? Um, I'm promised a long, satisfying life, amen? A long, satisfying life. So if that's the, if that's the promise of God, then, then I'm going to take heed what I hear. I'm going to take heed, because usually the issue is what you hear uh, on in religious circles, you know, I told you I was watching TV one time and I don't watch much Christian TV because, you know, I'd run out of shoes by throwing my shoes at the TV all the time. Like, oh, there goes another TV. There goes another shoe. Uh, and, and some some fellow was talking about Jesus and and uh, just saying the, 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 the uh, what sounded religious, but was just uh, so unbiblical. You know, uh, Jesus had a hard time, too, you know, and, uh, and, and some, what do you mean he had a hard time? Uh, I mean, he said, my meat is to do the will of is to, is to do the will of the father. Right. My su sustenance strength is to do the will of the father. Uh, and so uh, I know Jesus did suffer a lot of things, but they act like Jesus, you know, was barely getting by and having a hard time every day and dealing with depression and sadness and all these things. And um, yeah, that wasn't the case at all. Amen. Uh, and so um, so uh, let's do what Jesus said and take heed what we hear. Amen. Uh, I believe we all have ears to hear, but it's important for us to make sure that what we hear is good, solid words of faith, amen, to encourage us and to build us up. And so let's stand and greet each, greet each other for just a minute, and we'll get into praise and worship. Spirit of God, into our lives, into our midst. Father, we welcome his power and his glory. Father's sanctifying presence. Welcome the Spirit of God in this church to inhabit the praises of your people. For times of refreshing to come from the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the ministry and activity of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. You said it's to our advantage if you left this earth, Father, sin, the great comforter. And so, Father, we have it better now than when you were on the earth, according to your own words, Father. Thank you for your indwelling presence. Thank you, Father, that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me, dwells in your people, and dwells in this church, Father. Father, oftentimes you'd fill a physical building with your presence. So Father, we thank you that this very church building is filled with the presence of the all-powerful, almighty God. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Father. Father, we just want to thank you. We give you all praise and honor and glory for these things, Father. For being with us and among us, Father. And we thank you, Father, for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Is the Lord good? He is. Amen. You know, it would be good just to stay in his presence all the time like that, you know. Thank him for these things. Amen. Well, praise God. We finished up talking about the seven churches last week and uh, the encouragement that the Lord Jesus um, gave to all the churches to um, to follow his word. Amen. And to, to uh, overcome, to have ears to hear, and so it was good to see all that, you know, and of course, some people may see that as being harsh, but, you know, it'd be hard to feel bad if the Lord Jesus appeared to you, you know, uh, and so we do thank him for that, amen, uh, and, um, you know, a while back, just the Lord had encouraged me about some things that uh, um, he wanted to teach, uh, you know, on Sunday mornings, uh, of course, uh, they're, they're, uh, we just endeavor to follow the spirit of god and and um but it seems as though that a general flow in, on sunday mornings is you know just day-to-day life how to overcome how to be a great uh, christian how to live victorious and all the things that the lord has, has done for us uh because we as a church not just just church building but the the church as a whole the the body of christ we need to be people of over uh, uh, that overcome overcoming people because our purpose on this earth is to win the lost amen that's why we're on this earth. So we're not here to, you know, whoever dies with the most toys wins or to build, you know, a great uh, ministry or to do things like that. The only purpose of us being on the earth is to win the lost. Uh, but if if we ourselves struggle uh, all the time, and I'm not saying sometimes we don't have things that we've got to deal with, but I'm just saying, you know, as a, as a, as a on a regular basis, if you're not overcoming, if you're not living a victorious life, then what are you selling to the people that you're witnessing to? You know, it's kind of a sales job, right? We're witnessing to them. We're, we're selling them on the benefits of being a child of God. Uh, 
Uh, and, you know, from my perspective, you've got complete total healing for your body, complete total uh, renewing of your mind. Uh, your eternal destiny is set in heaven. You have complete uh, prosperity and that all of your needs are met. It's a pretty good deal, right? Uh, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't everybody want that? Uh, a life that uh, your spirit is in control and not your emotions, you know, that you don't uh, have anger issues. And, and, and you know, I, I listen to people that just, they're always making excuses for, for these things, you know, the way I was treated or, you know, because of my lack of self-control or my because my, you know, I mean, it's, it's always excuses. At the end of the day, uh, you need to start with what the Word says. The Word says your spirit is made and created in the image and likeness of God, sealed by the Holy Ghost. He said, walk in the spirit and you, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So everything that we do that's not uh, in, in the Lord is where we have not allowed our spirits to reign in our lives. Uh, and, and, and if we can get to where in the church to understand the basics of these things, we would quit living way below our means. Because every time you make an excuse, you're saying, I, I can never strive to be as good as I can be. Uh, you know, my goal is, is to be mediocre. Uh, you know, whoever strives for, you know, I'm striving for a good solid C in this class, right? I mean, sometimes if it's a tough class, you know, you may, that may, the C may be a good thing, right? But you don't go on day one, you know, man, I'm hoping to get a C. Man, I, you know, I'm, I'm planning, I'm going to work extra hard, and I'm going to get a C-plus in this class, you know. Nobody does. I guess, I don't know, people, maybe they do that. I don't know. I never did that, you know. Of course, I, you know, I always like school and always strive to do well. I have found that that's not the case for everybody, though. <laughs> everybody doesn't go to class and go, man, I'm hoping to make an A in this class, right? Uh, I, uh, I mean, I guess that's the way it works, right? But, um, uh, but. Uh, you know, we're using that as an analogy, right? You do whatever you want to in school. I don't care. But, uh, uh, but from when it comes to the, to the Lord, you know, we should strive to be our very best because we've got to win the lost. Uh, and, and if our testimony to the lost is, you know, when you get saved, you're going to be sad and, and broke and, and sick uh, and, and uh, be like me. And the world's like, why would I want that? You know, why would I want to be the saddest person in the world, the, the meanest person in the world? Um, uh, you know, I mean, my observation has been the meanest people I've ever met have been church people. You know, now, this, now the best people I've ever met have been church people too, right? So it's not all church people are bad. It's just, you know, w w when they're good, they're good. But when they're bad, you know, they're horrid, right? Isn't there a uh, 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 nursery rhyme about something like that, you know? Uh, who was it? Susie? So, so, anybody know the nursery rhyme? Uh, what's that? No, no. It was so-and-so uh, was bad. And when she, when she was good, she was good. When she was bad, she was horrid, right? Uh, okay, you all, you know. You know you skipped all the kindergarten, right? So, uh, but anyway, so, but, but that seems to be the case when Christians, when they're bad, they're just horrid, right? They're just, I mean, just mean-spirited, right? Just, uh, I mean, I've had some of the meanest things said to me, you know, and, and I'm thinking, well, I need to go out in the world. They're, they're a little bit nicer, you know, out there. But, uh, but on, the same, on, the, on, the, on the same case, though, because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, you have the capacity to be the, the greatest, most wonderful, kind person in the world that the world can ever approach. You know, the world acts like they're all so good and, and kind and all that. They're amateurs compared to what the church can be. Amen. We know how to be kind and compassionate and be real and sincere. One of the things in the world is they, they love to try to emulate the church without being the church. So they see how good we can be and they try to fake it because they don't know how to be that way because they're not born again. And so they'll try to emulate walking in love by their natural means and they never can do it. They'll fail. Uh, and now other people will will fawn on them, oh, you're such a wonderful person. But it's also insincere. It's not real. The church has the capacity to be real, amen? 
and to be real and walking in love and walking in power and, and uh, divine health. Uh, and so we, we need to live lives that are successful. I don't mean just mean financially, but in every area of our lives. Amen. We have the capacity to do that. And, and that's really uh, more than anything. We need to have the hope that we can do that. Even if you're not living perfect in your life, in every area of your life, that you have complete success, you can live in the hope that, Lord, I, well, I can get there. You know, if I'm not financially stable, Lord, I can get there. If I'm not, you know, uh, in perfect health, well, Lord, I can get there. If, I, if my mind is just crazy all the time, well, Lord, I can, I can, I can get to where my mind is stable. Uh, and, and I remember uh, uh, starting to see some of those things when I first got born again when I was 15 years old. Uh, you know, I, I just, I grew up uh, just, just, you know, like being raised by a pack of wolves and just fighting all the time. You know, my very first day of first grade, I got in a fight with a third grader, you know. Uh, I mean, that's just the way we lived, right? Just, uh, you know, you want to take my pencil? Well, they're going to step outside and talk about it, right? Because he, I mean, who who's stealing a pencil from a first grader, right? What kind of a punk is that, right? Stealing a pencil from a first grader, right? And he, and he, because I was small, he thought I was an easy mark, but, you know, he didn't know I was been in six years of basic training at, at home, right? Youngest of 11 children, you know, you, you learn how to survive. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, he walked away without my first grade pencil. Uh, but, you know, uh, but that doesn't that doesn't bode well because then from that point on, you know, I'm thinking, you know, ain't no third grader going to take my pencil, you know, and you start fighting and, you know, all the way through school, you know, fighting and things. And uh, and then, you know, you get all kinds of crazy thoughts and you see all kinds of crazy things going on and then you get saved. And I started reading the word and, and, and I thought, Lord, I mean, I didn't know anything about the Bible, but I started seeing, Lord, I, there, I could be a person that I want to become because I see that person in your word. Uh, and and so, you know, from 15, and, I, and I'm still working on it now. That's been 40 years, right? Uh, uh, just 41 years this year that I've been born again, still working on it. But I still see every day, every day Lord, I can be a, a person that I want to be. And I see that person in your word, a person who's not controlled by their emotions or controlled by their thought life or controlled by the sickness in the world or the, the economic disasters of the world. I can live a life that's free and, and happy and full of joy. Amen. Uh, that's what we can sell to the world, amen, where you're happy every day, full of joy every day, sleep well every day. You know, you go to the doctor and they, they you know, the last, uh, of course, with COVID, you know, I've not uh, done the, the physical, gone to the doctor because uh, all the COVID stuff, I need to go back there and just get my regular physical. But it'd be the same question, you know, how are you sleeping? Great. And they look at you like, what do you mean great? You're 56 years old, you're not supposed to be sleeping great. You're supposed to not be sleeping great, you know. Uh, and and uh, what me- they don't say, are you on a medication? What medication are you on? Well, I'm not on any medication, you know. What are you against medicine? Uh, I'm taking all the medicine that I need. You know, I'm not on any medication. Well, you know, something wrong with that, you know. Well, you know, uh, are, 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 you know what's, what's your general mindset? Well, I'm happy all the time. Well, there's something wrong with that, you know. Uh, and, and they look at you like you're crazy. I mean, they look at you like there's something wrong. Uh, and, uh, you know, the last time... The, the doctor, he said, you're disgustingly healthy. Uh, and then, but then he couldn't, he couldn't leave it at that. He said, well, you just wait. It's coming. You just wait. It's coming, right? And so I'll just have to outlive them all, you know, and, and uh, with health and, st- and strength, amen? Uh, and so because, you know, and he's a Christian, but, you know, he doesn't know anything about faith, apparently. And, and uh, well, you know, you just get older, so it all starts falling off, you know. I mean, you, they give you a roll of duct tape when you turn 60 to keep it taped all back on, you know. Uh, and so... It's, uh, uh, but you hear that, don't you, right? And you hear that in the church. I mean, it, usually in the church, it's a race to the bottom. How are you feeling? Oh, bad. Oh, you think you feel bad? I feel twice as bad as you do. Uh, and so, uh, so how, you know, how do, we li- how do we change that? 
Well, uh, you know, if we uh, one of the greatest things, you know, uh, uh, in fact, uh, uh, I'm over First Peter. I have to see if I can't find it here way back in the book of Proverbs there. Uh, and um, I don't know what it says, but I'll see if I can't find it for your benefit there. I think it's in, I think it's in Proverbs chapter. It's either chapter three or chapter four. We'll find it here. Uh, and so. Yeah, Proverbs chapter four, it says in verse seven, it says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. So wisdom, of course, we know the story of uh, of uh, 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 Solomon, right? And his wisdom and, and how he asked for great wisdom. And of course, he's writing this, right? So wisdom is the principal thing. And so wisdom is to, is to know how to operate correctly in your life, right? It's the correct application of knowledge. Uh, therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Uh, and, and so, you know, you've got in, in the area of, of uh, information, you've got three things that are important to know. Number one is knowledge, right? So knowledge is just simply the collection of facts, right? Uh, that, uh, you know, there's 365 days in a year that the sun is 93 million miles away from the earth, that the diameter of the earth is 24,000 miles, right? Or actually, it's 8,000 miles. The circumference of the earth is about 24,000 miles. The moon is 250,000 miles away from the earth. Uh, there's nine planets in the, um, in the solar system until uh, about five years ago or so. Now there's only eight, right? Uh, uh, Pluto got demoted. Uh, that's all just knowledge, right? That's just facts. Anybody can look up facts. You know, you can Google facts. There's just facts everywhere, right? Uh, but then... Uh, then you've got understanding. Understanding answers the question of why. You know, well, well why do we, you know, uh, why does the earth spin? You know, why, why, uh, why, why do we not fly off the earth? Well, well there's this thing called gravity, right? Uh, and, you know, why did the Lord do the things that he did? Why did the Lord have to be put on a tree? Why did the Lord have to uh, shed blood? You know, the understanding uh, answers the question of why. Uh, and understanding, it, he says, with all thy getting, get understanding. And understanding how things work in the Word of God is one of the most valuable things that you can do. Uh, and just understand how, you know, we're created, for example, uh, we're spirit, soul, and body. And understanding that we're spirit, soul, and body will go a long way to understanding why things are the way they are. Uh, and that when you get born again, that your spirit is made brand new. So you need to understand that. And, and that it's sealed by the Holy Ghost. Uh, and it, it's not subject to failures or errors of any kind. Uh, and you need to understand that, because if you don't understand it, then you think, well, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, my spirit goes off and does weird things. No, your spirit will never go off and do weird things because it's born again. It's made in the image and likeness of God. And then you have a mind that, that was not born again, but it, but needs to be renewed. But you need to understand that because your mind, in fact, we're going to talk about that in, in just a little bit. But your mind needs to be renewed to think like the word thinks uh, so that you never say things like, well, you know, we're never promised tomorrow. Right. Because see, that's a that's a mind that is not renewed to the word of God. That's a mind that thinks like the world thinks. That's a mind that doesn't think like God thinks. God's already determined in, in all of our lives that uh, that we have the capacity to live 120 years old. Uh, he said that in Genesis chapter six. Uh, and now that doesn't mean everybody lives to be uh, 120 just because just like God's already determined that every single human being has the right and privilege to be born again. But is every single human being going to be born again? No, not every single being is going to, uh, not every single human being is going to accept the Lord. So there, uh, the mind needs to think like the Lord thinks, like the Bible thinks. So when the Bible says that you're the beloved of God, then what do you think about yourself? I'm sorry, no count. 
That's not what the Lord thinks about you. The Lord thinks you're beloved, precious in his sight. Amen. Uh, and for you to think anything less than that is really out of order and uh, out of alignment with the word of God. Uh, and, and yet, how many people suffer from lack of self-confidence? You know, just not, and not just lack of self-confidence, but just uh, beating themselves up all the time. You know, that I'm no count. I'm, I'm, I'm of no value. That's funny that a king died for you. A king doesn't die for somebody that's of no value. A king died for you. Uh, amen. Uh, and so think like the word thinks about you. You know, I've had plenty of people try to tell me how sorry and no count I am. But I remind myself, yeah, but but you may think that. But the one who sits on the throne thinks I'm special, thinks I'm precious. So his opinion is I'm special, worthy to be died for. Your opinion is I'm no count. But you compared to him, there's no competition, right? So your words have no meaning compared to his words. See, that's getting your mind renewed. How many times have people whose entire lives been 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 set aside because of words that somebody has spoken to them? Unkind words. You know, there's plenty of unkind words out there. But see, if you override those unkind words with the words of the Lord, what he said about you, that he loves you and that he calls you his beloved child, adopted child and a friend. Uh, that's pretty good, right? So uh, and then you've got your body, which, you know, contains a sin nature and, and it's just uh, it, it's just really kind of on hold. The Bible says will it be fully redeemed someday. All the uh, all the payment for redemption has been done, but we've not been fully redeemed yet as far as it being manifested until we get a glorified body that'll come some sometime in the future. So it's helpful to understand those things, because if see if you don't understand things, then, then you'll just say crazy things like, well, you just never know. You know, never know what God's going to do. Uh, and yet I thought the Bible says that that uh, we can be filled with the knowledge of his will. Doesn't the Bible say that in Colossians 1 9? So there's so many things that are just said because of a lack of understanding. People don't understand just the fundamentals of how God put everything together. Uh, and, and so it's helpful to know those things. And so now let's go back over to, to 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, he says here in um, uh, verse 11, he said, dearly beloved. So that means he's talking to you, right? So what, the, what does the Lord think of you? He thinks you uh, as the dearly beloved, precious in his sight. Amen. See, you need to think like that uh, so that when other people, and they will, when other people try to come and diminish you and tell you how sorry no count you are, oh, you're of no value, you know, uh, then you, uh, then immediately the word of God should rise up. Yeah, but you say that I'm no value, but the word of God calls me the dearly beloved. Now, I may not be dearly beloved to you, but to the king of kings and the Lord of lords who sits on the throne with the rainbow over, over his throne, he thinks of me as a dearly beloved. So uh, his, his uh, words override your words all the time. Amen. He said, I beseech you, I beg you as strangers and pilgrims, so he's talking about our position on the earth. You know, we're strangers on this earth, right? In other words, we're not of this earth. We're from heaven, right? We, we are, our, our home is in heaven. And so we're visiting on, on this earth for a period of time. Eventually, our home is going to be with the Lord. And then he's going to pull down heaven back down to the earth. Uh, but right now, we're, we're strangers and pilgrims. You know, pilgrims are people who have gone on a journey uh, for a period of time. And that's where we are. We're on a journey for the short time that we're on this earth uh, here to 
complete the will of God on the earth. So, but we don't live here. Our, our home is in heaven. Amen. What did Jesus say? He said, I go to do what? To prepare a place for you. Amen. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I was listening to uh, one of Keith Green's songs, and he said, you know, the, the Lord created the whole earth in six days, and he's been working on heaven for 2,000 years. I mean, if he created all this in six days, uh, and he's and he'd been working to, on, to prepare a place for us in heaven for 2,000 years, that's going to be pretty nice, right? You reckon that's going to be pretty nice? It's going to be a pretty nice setup, I'm sure. Uh, so, so we don't live here. So we need to understand that, right? Uh, we shouldn't long for being part of the world system. We shouldn't long for being just like that, that uh, unborn-again rich guy over there. We should long to be in heaven with the Lord. Amen? Uh, and he says, uh, uh, he said, uh, I beg you, abstain from fleshly lusts. Uh, and, and we know that the word lust is often uh, identified with sexual sins, but it's not just sexual sins. It's any strong desire that's outside the will of God. Uh, and, and, you know, if you want to lay out of church and never go to church again, well, that's a, that's a fleshly desire, right? Uh, well, I just, you know, I have a hard time getting up in the morning. You don't for work. You get up every morning and go to work, right? Uh, why do you have a hard time getting up and go to church in the morning, right? We don't start at 8 o'clock. You know, we start at, 10, at 1030, amen? Uh, and so, uh, see, that's just a, that's a fleshly desire to lay in bed uh, and not do the will of God. Amen. Uh, so so it's any strong desire that can be against the will of God. So it's not just sexual sins. That's part of it. But it can be anything. Right. Uh, things that, uh, well, I want to be known. I want to be known as being, you know, this famous person. And, uh, and I remember we used to watch some of those singing shows. And, and it's amazing how many of those singing shows that the person that was singing. Uh, well, what do you do? Well, I, I lead singing for my church. Well, why are you here? Well, I want to be famous. So they, they weren't satisfied with ushering in the presence of the Almighty God into their midst. They wanted everybody to know their name. But God knows your name. Uh, and so what can that world bring you that God doesn't bring you, right? Uh, and so, um, so what is that? Well, that's just a desire, right? It's a fleshly desire. It's a desire for people in the natural to know your name and for you to be famous and, and, and that type of thing. Um, and so I'm not, you know, I don't care what they're doing, none of my business, but just, you know, they don't see that. They don't see that uh, serving the Lord is the greatest thing they could ever do on the earth, right? They want to be famous. Uh, and so, uh, now, you know, I got no problem with when people saying it's, you know, it's none of my business what they do about that. But, but when the, the leading the Lord, leading the people into the, the presence of the Lord is of less value than, than uh, some teenager to know your name, uh, you know, there's there's got to be something wrong with that. He said, abstain from fleshly lust and desires which war against the soul. So this is the part that that we need that we need to start on here. Uh, the war against the soul. So we know that. Uh, I mean, we have a general understanding that the devil is a real devil, right? You know, in, in our circles, we obviously know that. Uh, but you'd be surprised how many church circles don't actually believe in a real devil. You know, in fact, I remember I was watching TV one time years ago and there was a retired minister from a specific denomination. And he said, well, you know, the devil in hell was made up by the church to control people. <laughs> like, really? So you don't even believe in the, de in the devil or hell. Uh, and, and, you know, someone who doesn't believe in the devil in hell probably doesn't believe in heaven, you know. And, 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 and I'm not sure if someone who believes like that can even make it to heaven uh, because the, pur the purpose of, of us being born again is because we were on our way to hell. Uh, and so if you don't recognize that you were on your way to hell and that you need a Savior, 
you know, I wonder if, if you can even get born again. Now, I'm not anybody's judge, but, you know, there's so much psychology in the church that does away with all the supernatural. Um, and, um, you know, I've got a copy of uh, Thomas, Thomas Jefferson's Bible. He had a, it's called the Jefferson Bible, right? He, wrote, he actually didn't write his own Bible. He just copied and pasted, literally co- you know, cut, you know, he got, cut out words from physical books, you know, and then pasted them into his own book uh, of the Bible. Uh, and he called it the Jefferson Bible. Uh, and basically what he, his goal was to remove all supernatural events, you know, so all, there's no healings, no miracles in there. It's just words, right? Uh, and he didn't believe in, in the mir- miraculous at all. Uh, and a lot of people in the church uh, do that too. They cut and paste only the parts of the Bible that they believe in. The rest of it, they ignore it, act like it's not even there. Uh, and so, um, so here he said, we, we know that uh, the, the devil is a real devil. In what realm does the devil live? He lives in the spirit realm, right? He's a spirit being, and you're a spirit being, right? And we know that there's spiritual warfare. But, but the thing that we need to understand is where does that battle occur? See, we, we, we always like to have this kind of Hollywood dramatic, you know, we're in the spirit realm, we're fighting the devil, you know, we're wrestling with the devil, we're doing these things. But really, the battleground, the, where the fight actually occurs is in your mind. Uh, he said that wars against your soul. And that word soul there is the, is the common word for soul. It's suke, right? It's, it's not your spirit man. So although the devil is a spirit being and you are a spirit being, the battleground of the Christian is, is your mind. And why is that? Well, uh, uh, we're going to uh, look at why that is. Because, uh, but if you understand the basics that uh, being born again Christian, the devil can do nothing about your spirit. It's sealed by the Holy Ghost. He can't, you know, there's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not possible for a Christian to be possessed of the devil. Amen. Because you're sealed by the Holy Ghost. He would have to break the seal of the Holy Ghost for him to, in order to possess you. Right. Because a, a possessed person is possessed spirit, soul and body fully possessed. Right. The madman of Gadara uh, had had devils in his spirit. Of course, all that was before people were able to be born again, too. But once you're born again, it's just not it's not possible. So the devil has to come up with another plan. He has to come up with another avenue. And so what he does is he gets in your mind and he and he and his goal is to to affect one of the three areas of your mind of your soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will and your emotions, what you think. Right. Uh, What you what you decide to do uh, and how you feel. And he's he's attempting to to attack one of those three areas because you're uh, you know, how many Christians that are good Christians still do, do crazy things, right? Say crazy things, you know, go crazy places. Uh, and why is that? Because their mind allowed them to do that. Their spirit didn't let them do it. Their spirit didn't say it was okay for them to do it or say it or, or uh, eat it or whatever it is. Uh, it's their mind. Uh, their mind chose to do that. So the devil will, will attack you in one of those three areas, either what you think, right? Well, you know, um, uh, you just, uh, you're, you're not promised tomorrow. See, that's an attack on the mind, right? Because that's not even true. You are promised tomorrow. If you're a child of God, you're promised tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. And then, then when you get close to the end, then the Lord, will be, the Lord will start saying, hey, you know, it's probably time for you to come on home. And then you can decide. and You get all your affairs in order, get everything set up the way it needs to be set up, and then go home if you want to go home, right? Uh, but it's not a surprise. You just never know. Well, you should know. You know, all the, all, all the people that I know that know the Lord, uh, that uh, the great men and women of God knew when their time was up. And I've heard plenty of stories about that. Well, I'm going home on Tuesday, right? 
uh, and uh, and then Tuesday comes like, well, there's the Lord. See ya. Uh, and that, you know, that's that's the way. Remember, Paul said, you know, that uh, I, I, I'm, I'm in the midst of two decisions, right? To stay would be better for you, but to go, you know, to be present with the Lord would be much better, right? Uh, and um, and so he was trying to decide. He knew it was time for him to go. He'd finish his course, right? Finish his race. It was time for him to go. And he was trying to decide, should I stay a little bit longer for your benefit or not? So so the battleground of the Christian is, is either what you think uh, or what you're deciding to do or how you're feeling. Uh, and how many times have Christians just allowed their emotions to run their life? Now, who gave you the emotions? God gave you emotions, right? He gave you the ability to, to laugh and to cry and to, to be happy and uh, I don't know about being sad, but uh, there's no sad until there was sin, right? I think uh, Mark Hankin said that. Uh, and so, uh, but the, those emotions are there, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're there because God gave you the ability to have emotions. emotions. But they were never intended for, for those emotions to run your life, to control you. How many people are controlled by anger? How many people are controlled by depression? How many people are controlled by sadness? How many people are, are, are controlled by indifference? Well, I don't care, you know. I'm just made that way, you know. You know, uh, just, just harshness, right? How many people are controlled by, by, by how they feel, right? If they're, you never know, had a boss and you had to go to the secretary, and, is he having a good day or a bad day? Well, he's having a good day. Okay, well, I need to see him. He's having a bad day. Well, I'll come back tomorrow. Uh, you know, you don't want to deal with that sometimes, right? Uh, well, the devil loves to get people to be controlled by their emotions. Amen. Uh, and and um, so he said they war uh, desires war against your soul. That's the battleground of the Christian. That's where you're you're going to win and lose this fight as a child of God. Uh, now, you, now, you still go to heaven. If you lose the battle of your mind, you're still going to go to heaven. As far as I know, you know, it's just uh, you're just deciding uh, what's going to control your life. So now your spirit man needs to be above all things, right? So that, so that when that emotion comes to lash out at somebody, your spirit man should say, you don't need to do that. And then your mind uh, and your emotions get back under alignment under your spirit man. But usually what happens in the, in the church world and, of course, in the regular world too, is we get a thought or we get emotions and we just let it use us. Oh, yeah, well, I just had to tell him. Really, you had to tell him. Uh, you had to say those. Well, I just had to, you know, I just really had to put them in their place. Really? Did, did that come from heaven? Did the Lord Jesus tell you to do that? Or you just felt like you needed to do that, right? Uh, and so uh, how many times have we allowed that emotion to just, just run our life, right? Or that thought just, well, you know, I know they're thinking about me. Well, how do you know they're thinking about you? You got evidence? I mean, you got videotape or you got audio tape? You know, well, I just know they are. Well, how do you know they are? You don't really know they are. You think they are. You suspect they are. But you don't know they are. So if you don't know they are, then why don't you uh, do what the Bible says? And the, and the Bible says that love believes what? The best of everybody, right? I mean, as far as I know, you all think I'm the best pastor in the whole world. A few people have told me that I'm not. Uh, and, but until they told me that, I thought that they thought that I was the best pastor in the whole world, right? And I'm going to see that's thinking the best of everybody, right? Now, if you tell me I'm not, okay, well, now I know where you stand. You know, you're still wrong, but, you know, I'm not the best pastor in the world. I know because I would have to know every other pastor, but I'm not a sorry pastor either, right? Uh, you know, uh, and so uh, it's, uh, 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 but see, I'm going to believe, until, until you tell me, I'm going to believe the best of you, right? 
Well, you can't, you can't trust, you know, people like that. You're just putting all people like that, whatever they are, you know, in a box, right? Well, how do you know you can't trust them? You know, the, you know how I know trust, whether I can trust people or not? In one or two ways, either what they've done or what the Lord tells me. Now, sometimes the Lord will be like, don't trust them. I go, okay. You know, I told you just recently that, that uh, I met a fellow. He had some ability to do some electrical work. And I was saying, well, you know, I need some electrical work done at home. You know, maybe I'll come and, uh, and um, um, uh, you know, have him come do some work at my house, right? And, and when I did that, the Spirit of God's like, now, it wasn't a thus saith the Lord. It wasn't a guy's in part, but just down in my spirit, man, just, just, I mean, real strong and stern, just like, nope. Like, okay, I mean, you know. So, so if the Lord tells you that, you, you, so I didn't, I never made the phone call, right? And so later on, I, I was talking to someone, hey, where's so-and-so? I hadn't seen them in a while. Oh, they're in jail. You know, well, what are they in jail for? You don't want to know. I mean, so if you don't want to know, it's pretty bad, right? I mean, if they got in jail for speeding tickets, you know, or being too nice or whatever, you know, I mean, feeding the poor, you know, or having church. I mean, they were arresting pastors in Canada now for having church, right? I mean, okay, that's fine, right? But if you don't want to know, then it's something you don't, you know, then you don't want them at your house, right? Uh, and so you just leave it alone, amen? Uh, but, you know, otherwise, you know, I let people decide in, in, uh, uh, if, if they can be trusted or not. You give them a chance, right? And uh, sometimes, with, like the Lord, the, uh, how many chances has the Lord given you? You know, probably a lot, you know. We don't want to be like the, the man Jared preached about the man in, in Matthew 18, right? Uh, he had an insurmountable debt to the Lord, and the Lord said, I'll just, I'll just we'll call it even. How's that? And the next guy owed him a nickel, and he strangled him. You know, you pay me your nickel. You know, we, we don't want the Lord to give us a thousand chances and us give nobody a chance, right? Well, they had one chance, that's it. Really? You know, now, sometimes the Lord says that's it, right? You know, but, uh, but more, than, more often than not, you know, I give as many people as chances as the Lord allows me to give them chances. And at some point in time, it'll be just, well, that's just it, right? Uh, but the, is, the long, is the Lord long-suffering? See, that's a fruit of the Spirit, long-suffering, right? Long-suffering is having the ability to deal with people over a long period of time. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, so he's, he's going to attack, uh, attack your mind, right? He's going to try to get you to, to, to run your life in something other than your spirit man. Uh, and if he can do that, then you're of no threat to him. If he, if he, if he knows that I'm going to push that one button right there, and if I push that button, then they just fly off the handle, and, I, and I've got them for a couple of days, right? Because it just takes a while to get over some things, right? You ever heard people say that? Well, it's just taking me a while to get over that. Well, why is that? Why is it taking you a while? Can't you do it right now? We'll do, how about get over it like right now? Well, I can't just get over it right now. Well, why can't you get over it right now? I mean, is your spirit man in charge? Does your soul run your life? Does your emotions run your life? Do your thoughts run your life? No, your spirit man should run your life. The Word of God should run your life. The Spirit of God should run your life. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, so the devil is going to attack you uh, in those three areas, your mind, your will, and your will. That's the battleground of the Christian. You will win and lose this life uh, depending on how successful you are controlling uh, and, and making sure that your spirit man is over these three areas of your life. Uh, and if you can't control what you think, uh, well, you know, you just, can't, you just can't control what you think. See, the, the world tells you that. Doctors will tell you that. Psychologists will tell you that. It's not true. Because, uh, number one, and this is the part of the understanding that is helpful, is you have to understand this is a true statement. Any doctrine that says that you don't have a free will is not correct doctrine. You have a free will to decide exactly what you think about. Uh, otherwise, you're, you, then, then you have no chance to even get born again. 
because there's no way you could get born again if you can't think about what you want to think about. So people say you can't you can't just stop thinking about that. Well, sure you can. What I've found that works best for my life, if 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 people have said unkind things to me, done unkind things to me, uh, then uh, instead of dwelling on that, how many times have you dwelled on that? Gone over and over and over. Why they do that? Why are they doing that? To, why are they doing that to me? Why won't they stop doing that? I've never done anything to deserve that, you know. And all those may be true things, but you know, you can't help the meanness of other people. You can't help it. You can't help what other people do or think about you. Amen. And I've had people call me and say, "Well, you know, so and so thinks this about you." Well, okay. Well, you need to do something about that. Well, would you like me to do about that? Be their God? I mean, I'm, I can't be their Holy Ghost, right? Don't don't aren't they born again, right? Uh, and so, uh, but sometimes it gets over and over and over again. Uh, and uh, people say, well, you can't stop thinking about it. So what, what I have found that works for me really well is to pray for that person. Didn't Jesus pray, say pray for your enemies, right? Love your enemies, pray for those who, who despitefully use you, persecute you, right? Didn't he say that? Well, well, why would you do that? I ain't praying for them. <laughs> well, you know, it's really not just about them. It's about you too. Because the more you pray for them, the, the less those thoughts of why are they doing that to me run your life. Then you, then you start thinking, Lord, I, they, they need to be blessed. And they do something mean. Well, Lord, they need to be blessed twice as much now. See, then, then you go on the offensive. Because he said, what did he say? It's a war against your soul. What if you don't want to have a war? It doesn't matter. He's, the devil has brought the war to your life. He, you know, uh, if you do nothing, then, then you've lost the battle. Amen? You know, in the Old, Old Testament, how many times did a nation of Israel just show up and the, they'd win the battle? Show up and the enemy turn on themselves and but you know what they had to do every single time? They had to show up. How many times do Christians don't even show up for the battle? Well, I just, you just can't, you can't, just, uh, uh, you know, I can't help what I think. Not even showing up for the battle. Uh, you know, you just, you can't, you can't just not be mad. Not even showing up for the battle, right? Uh, and, and so uh, uh, th- this, uh, this is a war. And, and your success in this life will be won or lost depending on how successful you are at this particular war. Because this is the only war that's going on. The battleground of the Christian is in your mind, in, in, your, in your soul. Not just in your mind, not what you think, but in your soul, right? What you think, what you decide to do, and how you feel. Uh, and, uh, and the result of these things then, uh, we're going to look at some of these things here in just a minute, uh, will determine how good of a life you have on a regular basis. You know, you could go for days, weeks, months, and years just, just happy and stable, right? I'm not saying, you know, you don't get upset because, you know, the guy's driving in a fast lane. It's like, you know, you're, you know, I'm not about just little thing. Now, when you get out and, you know, you slash your tire, okay, you've gotten taken too far, right? Uh, it's not that you don't dislike things. You don't have any emotions about things. It's just they don't control your life, right? Uh, you know, some people, uh, the, 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 somebody's driving in a fast lane, uh, and, and they'll swerve over real crazy in the slow lane and pass them and then, and then cut them off in the fast lane. That'll show them, right? Uh, and uh, did that show them anything? No, it showed them that you're dumb, right? And that you're not in control of your own emotions, amen? Uh, and so you don't have to like that somebody's driving in the fast lane when they could be in the slow lane. Uh, I'm not t- saying that you, that, see, a lot of times Christians, they, they well, you got to like everything. Well, you don't have to like sin. You don't have to like what people do. You don't have to like terrible things. You don't have to like people to under- understand the difference between the fast lane and slow lane, you know? But when that controls you is, a, is the problem, right? When, you, when it starts... Uh, when that man on the inside of you starts twisting your your stomach and, and all that that ulcers start burning because somebody's in the fast lane, see then you got a problem, right? You could acknowledge that. Wow, 
you know, somebody's in the fast lane. Maybe they should, you know, go back to class and learn, you know, there's two lanes, right? This lane is fast. This lane is slow, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, of course, some people, you know, they get in the fast lane because in 37 miles they're going to turn left. So eventually, you know, they're turning left. So, you know, they're going to stay in a fast lane for, you know, like 30 miles. You know, that way they don't have to get over, right, in 30 miles. And so, uh, but, um, you know, it's okay to get over, right? Uh, and so, uh, so let's just start. There's a couple things here. Uh, let's turn over to Hebrews uh, chapter 12, and, and we'll look at a, a couple of things here. Because uh, what we need to understand is how, how, does it, how does this work? How does this happen, right? How do you wake up and say, Lord, I can't believe I just did that uh, or said that? Uh, and, and so we'll see, because uh, the Bible's really got a lot of things to say about that. And if we can be successful in this area, uh, then you can find happiness on a regular basis in your life. And really, uh, you need to have that so that you have the capacity to be a witness to other people. Amen. Uh, again, everything, all this is to going back to helping people uh, know the Lord, right? Uh, and so uh, let, let's start here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He says, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So the witnesses that he's talking about are all the people that he mentions in chapter 11. So all these people are witnessing your life. You mean they're looking at me? Well, right now, yeah, they are looking at you, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, they're looking at your spiritual life because that's what they're most concerned about, most interested about. Uh, he said, seeing that we've got such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. So. There are sins which beset us, right? Things that are obviously wrong, but there's also weights which are not in and of themselves are sin, but they hold you back, right? They, they are a drag to your life, right? Uh, and so, you know, maybe that you, you like sports, okay, that you like sports, but maybe you watch sports, you know, 18 hours a day. That may be a weight, you know, I mean, I'm not anybody's judge, but that may be a weight that may be holding you back because if you're doing that for 18 hours a day, what else are you not doing, Right? Uh, and so uh, so the weights and sin, which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So there is a perseverance that's necessary to run this race. Right. Uh, uh, and, and in fact, we're going to continue on here in verse two. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So did Jesus have to suffer through anything? See, he, he did. He suffered a lot, right? But what was in front of him? Joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. So uh, what did he, what did, I mean, he said a lot of things on the cross, but when he looked at the Roman centurion, or the Roman soldiers, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, I mean, and then he's on the cross in agony, uh, and, and he looks to John and Mary, he goes, okay, uh, John, you need to take care of my mom from now on, you know. Now, he's got, you know, what, seven, eight brothers and sisters? How come he didn't have them? Well, he needed John to take care of him. He needed somebody spiritual to take care of because none of his brothers and sisters believed in him, but John believed in him. So he needed somebody that would take care of his mom uh, that, would, that believed in him. Now, fortunately, after he passed uh, and was raised from the dead, uh, his family started believing in him. But the joy is, so... Even now, he's in agony on the cross, and he's talking about taking care of his mom, taking care of his mom, and, and uh, Father, forgive them. You know, uh, it wasn't about any any of the suffering that he was going on. I know he did say uh, uh, other things. You know, uh, it's finished, and my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? And he said a lot of things on the cross. But who who thinks about in the midst of the agony? Hey, I need to take care of my mom. 
John, make sure her yard's mowed and make sure she gets groceries every day. And I mean, who thinks about that, right, when they're on the cross? Well, you think about that when everything's not about you. Now, that, that right there is some pretty good understanding, right, to, to remember that everything is not about you. Uh, but he, in, he, he had joy that set before him. And we know that. What, what was joy that was set before him? It was you and me, right? When he looked out and saw that he could get to spend eternity with you and with me, see, that joy rose up in his life because then I can deal with this. I can deal with this, this situation. You know, the, the, uh, the tradition tells us that when at the end of Peter's life that they were going to crucify him, and he said, I'm unworthy to be crucified like my master, so crucify me upside down, right? Uh, and, um, and some people even imply that Jesus went, uh, you know, fearing and trembling to the cross. But Peter went with, bra- with bravery. You mean G- Peter had more brave- bravery than, than, uh, than uh, Jesus did? I don't think so, right? So Jesus went to the cross with joy. Uh, he despised the shame. <laughs> so what? I'm here naked in front of my own creation. Whatever, you know, I'm here for, for a good purpose to help somebody. Right. Uh, and so uh, he endured it, uh, despised the shame and now reaped the, the blessings uh, of it by sitting, sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God. He said, for consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Uh, and so so this, this is the key that, that I want to get to fainting in your mind, fainting in your mind. So remember, there's the wars against the soul. So the, the, the goal of the enemy is to get you to faint in your mind. Uh, in other words, not faint physically, right? You ever fainted physically? I don't think I've ever fainted physically, but, uh, you know, I've been kind of lightheaded sometimes. Of course, some people, that's their normal state to be lightheaded, right, some of the time. But, but uh, uh, you know, some people faint physically when, you know, they, they stand up too quick and there's not enough uh, oxygen to their brain and they, they pass out physically, right? And, well, that's fainting physically, but he's talking about fainting in your mind. Passing out in your mind, quitting in your mind, uh, and he said, he, he said, when that happens, when when that that temptation to just quit in your mind, because because every sin is preceded by you quitting in your mind, right? Every sin is preceded because if you're born again, the will of you, which is in your soul, is always saying, follow my spirit, follow my spirit, do what my spirit says, do what the word of God says. It's always doing that. Until it says, you know, I don't want to do that right now. I'm just so tired of dealing with this person. So I'm just going to let it use me and, and walk in sin. Well, then you fainted in your mind, right? You gave, you gave it up in your mind because five seconds before, you were fine with doing the will of God, doing the word of God, right? So, so he said here, uh, we're going to look at a little bit more detail about this because sin um, is uh, anything that misses the mark, Right. So it's not just uh, some deep, dark sin, you know, like adultery and fornication, that sort of thing. But anything that misses the mark. So just having an unkind thought about somebody, you know, and dwelling on that thought and going, yeah, yeah, they're sorry. No count. You know, maybe nobody else is even around you. Well, that would still be missing the mark, wouldn't it? Right. Uh, And, and, um, you know, I've even woke up and 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 uh, and repented for dreams I've had. Lord, I don't know why that dream came about, but I ain't having that dream. So, Lord, I, you know. I don't know what caused it. You know, I'm not going to go into any psychology about it, but you just, you just, well, Lord, I'm just going to, you know, just in case I'm going to, you know, ask for forgiveness about this dream because uh, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, start dwelling on that. Uh, and so he said, 
consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied. Right. So uh, one of the I thought it was an interesting um, definition of the word faint means uh, to uh, relax one's strength. You know, there, there is a, a consistency that's required in the church to be successful. And it's a consistent strength that, to follow the will of God. And a lot of times what happens is uh, something happens and we just, I, Lord, I can't do it. We, we take a step back. We just kind of let it loose. We let our emotions loose. Uh, we let our mind loose to think whatever it wants to think. You know, we, we've relaxed our consistency with the Lord. Uh, and we've just kind of set free, you know, all, all of the sin or whatever that, that was coming away. Uh, but Hebrews tells us to consider Jesus. Uh, you know, did he suffer? Were things said against Jesus? You know, if you take everything that's ever been said against you, it's a drop in a bucket compared to what they said against Jesus. Right. Every every unkind word, every unkind action uh, is a minor thing compared to what they what Jesus suffered. Right. Now, that's true. But sometimes we don't feel that way. Well, you just don't understand. So you've suffered more than Jesus. Right. Because that's what what he was telling us. Right. Consider him. You know, look at what you're going through and look at that compared to what he's going through. Right? consider consider what he went through. Uh, and did he sin? I mean, you know, how many times could he just called fire down from heaven? Just Lord zap them all, you know, and uh, but did he ever do that? Remember the disciples wanted to do that one time. The, the, the Samaritans got mad at Jesus because he didn't want to stick around with them because he's on his way to Jerusalem. And their response was, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven? I mean, is that, that's your answer, right? Someone doesn't like it that, that you're going somewhere and, and Lord, burn them all up. I mean, that's pretty extreme, right? I mean, how about just, you know, making their flowers die or something instead? But, you know, Lord, zap them all, kill them all because, because just because they don't like where you're going. I mean, you know, they didn't do anything to them. They didn't, you know, they, they, they desired Jesus to stay. They weren't mad at Jesus uh, and didn't like him. They loved him. They wanted him to stay and teach him more things, and he couldn't stay, and so they kind of got mad at him because he wouldn't stay. Uh, and so they weren't really against Jesus. They were actually for Jesus. And John's like, hey, let's call fire down from heaven. You want to? Uh, you know, if that's your first go-to, you might want to grow up a little bit there, right? Uh, and so, uh, but consider Jesus. So, so one of the things that you need to do to get your mind renewed is when you're going through things, compare yourself to what Jesus went through. And then what he says, consider him, right, that endured contradiction of sinners, right? Endured all the things that the sinners were against him at. at. Uh, look at how he did it. Uh, well, you know, Jesus, although he was the son of God, was he more capable of dealing with things than you are? Did he have more uh, like like two different Holy Spirits that you've got? No, he has. Doesn't he have the same Holy Spirit that you've got? Amen. He's got the same Holy Spirit that you've got. So uh, he didn't have anything that you don't have. Right. Uh, Jesus said, if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you could speak to the mountain. Amen. So just a little drop of do you. Right. Just a little just a little bit of the spirit of God is, is sufficient. So one of the things that, uh, and, uh, that, that you need to do when you're dealing with these things is to consider Jesus. And, and, you know, anytime I hear people say, well, you just don't understand, then you've never considered Jesus. Because I don't have to understand. I just have to compare what you've done compared to, to what Jesus suffered. And, and it doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't even compare with what Jesus suffered. Because he suffered spirit, soul, and body, right? Uh, he suffered uh, after the, even when he died. Remember, he went to hell for three days and three nights. Suffered horribly in, in, in there for three days and three nights. Uh, and he, so, uh, he said, uh, other, if you don't do that, then it's going to be easy for you to get weary 
and then just, you know, just let it loose, right? Just let's let all the sin go through, right? Uh, you get weary and you'll faint in your mind because that's where you're going to fail, right? The battleground, the battlefield of the Christian is in, is in your mind, in your soul, right? Uh, and, uh, and if you're not careful, then you're not, you're not learning how to be a good soldier. So a good soldier, it, when, when things happen to them, then they say, well, okay, this is going on right now. What do I need to do? Well, is this worse than what Jesus suffered? Well, no. Well, then it's, it's a minor thing. It's, it's not even a big thing. But many times we, people say, well, you just don't understand. And, and, you know, I've told people before, and they, they don't really like it. I said, you know, you know it's special. Because a lot of times people will think what they're suffering is special, that nobody else has ever suffered like them. Nobody else has ever gone through what they've gone through. Well, is that true? No, I mean, he said, consider Jesus. Uh, no matter what you've gone through, it's not even close. Not even close, right? Uh, and so, but see, the devil loves to get you to think what, what you're suffering through right now, nobody else has ever done that. Nobody else has ever done that. So there's no way you can be successful because that's a goal, right? It's not about that, that, nobody, that nobody suffered it like you. The goal is to get you to believe that then you cannot be successful. There's no way you can overcome. There's no way you can be successful in walking through this path. Consider Jesus, right? That's what he said. Consider Jesus, lest you be weary and faint in your mind, right? Unless you just, I just, I can't do it. Well, then you fainted, right? I can't overcome. I can't walk another day. I can't go one more step. I've had it up to here. I can't take it anymore. You ever heard any of those things? Uh, are any of those things true? None of them are true. Consider Jesus. He, he did it, right? And, of course, we'll talk about Paul later on, too. Paul did it, too. But um, Paul did, uh, and, and so, uh, if, see, if you don't learn that, see, that's part of your training as a Christian is to learn to consider Jesus, right? See, that's part of your training. That's part of your understanding that this is a thought. This is an attack against my mind. This is an attack against my will, attack against my emotions. Uh, and, and although it's difficult, I'm going to pause for just a second. Let me, hang on just a second. I'm going to go look at Jesus. See what he suffered. Well, you know, he seemed to make it okay, right? I mean, he, he did, didn't he do all right by himself? He, now at his right hand of the Father, right? Sitting on the throne of God. Uh, and aren't we seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, right? So, th- okay, that, now, you've seen, now you've considered Jesus. Now you go back to go, yeah, this, this really isn't that big of a thing. Not really that big of a thing. But see, if you don't do that, that thing gets bigger and bigger in your mind, doesn't it? It, it becomes so insurmountable. Nobody could overcome this. Jesus did. Right. He got the same tools you got. In fact, you've got more tools because you've got the printed word of God here. You know, Jesus had the printed word of God. Of course, he was the word of God. There's a little bit of an advantage there. But uh, but um, we've got the printed word of God. Amen. Uh, and so consider Jesus. Amen. Because if you don't if you don't pause all that and look at Jesus, then you will just just you're going to relax and say, well, just whatever. Just let it fly. Right. Just say all those words. Right. Uh, and uh, I told you I was the other day I got stung by a wasp, you know, talking to somebody goes and he said, well, he said, let those bad words out. I know they're in there. I know when they can they come out, you know. And I'm like, well, you've never met me before, have you? Right. You know why I didn't say any bad words? Because there were no bad words in me to say. Right. Uh, I did say, ow, you know, ow, you know, because it, it did hurt. In fact, there's still a little little dark spot right there where it stung me. Uh, and so it'll go away eventually. But um, uh, but see, uh, you see someone like that, they're so used to when something happens, they just they just relax and let it fly. Just blankety blank, you know, blah, blah, you know, 
you know, cuss out the, the wasp and the wasp's mama and the wasp's daddy and all the wasp's queen, you know, and the wasp's nest and every wasp that's ever existed, right? Uh, and they just let it use them, right? They just let her fly. Uh, and um, I, consider, I consider Jesus now. I don't know if any wasp would have been brave enough to sting Jesus. You know, he could have just said, you know, no more wasps, and then the entire wasp population would be gone, right? Uh, but uh, a wasp sting is much less than what anything Jesus ever suffered, right? And so how can I, how can I possibly uh, uh, fly off the handle because of a, wa- of a wasp? I mean, Jesus never flew off the handle. I mean, if, if Jesus ever flown off the handle, we'd all be in big trouble, right? Uh, and, and so I'm glad he never did, right? So he said, uh, uh, consider Jesus lest you be wearied and faint, to be exhausted, to relax, uh, to be enfeebled, uh, to grow weak and to be tired out, uh, to become faint-hearted. Uh, that's what it means to, to faint in your mind, Amen. Because once you faint in your mind, then you're going to just do whatever the devil wants you to do. You're going to yield to your emotions, say things you didn't mean to say, do things you didn't mean to do. Uh, and, uh, but the first step of that is fainting in your mind. Uh, and so it's not about your spirit man. Well, the devil beat my spirit man. The devil can never beat your spirit man. He's not even trying. He's trying for your soul, right? He's trying to attack you in your mind. Uh, and so if we're going to understand these things, uh, then it would help us to become successful. See, I want to be successful. I want to live a good life, right? I'm not perfect, but I want to live a good life where just happy, you know, just not sad all the time, depressed all the time, mad all the time. You know, you, you know, people just mad all the time, just all the time. It's like, why are you so mad? I mean, you know, you're eating a cheeseburger. How can you be mad eating a cheeseburger, right? Well, you know, they burned the, you know, what? I mean, just like whatever. It just, I mean, just, uh, and, and some people, unless things are perfect, they're so mad, you know. Uh, and, you know, I go out to lunch with some, a lot of ministers sometimes, and Treat the wait staff kind of mean, you know. Well, I can't, you know, you're late. Okay, they're late, but you don't have to be mean about it, you know. Uh, does, it, does them being late, did you consider Jesus, you know, before you were unkind to that waitress? Uh, you reckon anybody was late? I mean, uh, he had to wait thousands of years on mankind to come to the earth, right? I mean, you know, he, he, he tried to come. You know, Genesis chapter 3 is when, when Adam fell. He was trying to come in Genesis chapter 4. It took him like 4,000 years to show up after Adam fell. You, you don't think that he was upset that, come on, you know, all the sinning going on in the, in the nation of Israel and, the, and all the covenant. It took him 20 generations to find an, an Abraham. You don't think he was upset that somebody was late? You know, all of mankind was late for Jesus. He finally came, but, you know, he could have come Genesis chapter 3. He, he, they could have fallen Genesis chapter 3. He could have come in Genesis chapter 4. We could have gone home to be with the Lord in Genesis chapter 5. I mean, we know there could have been five chapters in the Bible and we'd have been done. But no, there has to be, you know, 1,082 chapters in the Bible because we're so slow about everything. Amen. And so I'm glad Jesus isn't like us. Amen. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we, th- we thank you that we can consider you. You've done so much for us, Father. And you were so successful when you was on the earth, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you did despise the shame uh, and that the joy that was set before you. You endured the cross. You, you, you endured the contradiction of sinners that were against you. Uh, and so, Father, you did it because you remembered the joy that was before you. And, Father, there's joy before us. There's joy of being with you in, in eternity in heaven. And so, Father, we can look at the same joy that's before us, just like with Jesus, that we can be forever in eternity with the Lord Jesus. And that will help stable our minds, Father, and keep us from fainting and, and, and just relaxing and allowing sin to have its way. 
Father, we can do this. We can be successful. And so we thank you for that, Father. We give the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. We'll, we'll wallow around in this for a while, see where we go with this. But uh, uh, I, I thought it would be uh, helpful. You know, uh, I enjoy studying about this because my, my goal and desire is to be more successful every day. Amen. More in line with the word of God says. Uh, and so uh, let's get ready and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And we appreciate y'all's faithfulness. Amen. And we told you that we've paid off our building. And, and so uh, we don't know what we're, we're going to do next. But um, the Lord is good. Amen. Uh, and so um, let's pray and thank the Lord for the opportunity to give. So, Father, we thank you. That's an honor to give unto the kingdom of heaven. We thank you, Father, we can give uh, according to the way that you've blessed us, Father. You've been so good to give us good jobs, Father, good finances. We thank you that it's just such a small thing, Father, for us to give uh, into your kingdom. And, Lord, we thank you that as we give, that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give it to our bosom. We thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared. So don't forget, uh, uh, this afternoon we have healing school. Uh, and um, uh, I guess that's all the other announcements, right? Healing school this afternoon. And then, um, um, of course, we're middle of July right now, right? So I guess there's all that rain that you guys were all talking about earlier today. So it's fixing to come here. So it was sunny when I was talking about it, not, uh, all the rain. So this is all on you guys, right? Uh, as far as I know, it was going to be sunny forever. So, uh, But praise God, the Lord's still... Go- God, even when it rains outside. Amen. Uh, all right. Praise God. Well, you all have, have a wonderful weekend. Lord, be blessed. And we'll see you, uh, I guess, at healing school.